Well, Northside family, it's good to be with you this morning. My name's Nate, and would you welcome everybody in our video venue right now, just to let them know we are excited that they're with us. We do that every week because everybody matters here. We know this room can get a little bit full. And so across the hall is some more space and people are in there worshiping God. And, and this is the whole series that we're doing called Road Trip, Finding Your Way Home. Uh, because the more, whether you're a believer in Jesus here today or not, God is calling you in to a, the road trip of a lifetime with him. And uh, your heart and my heart longs for adventure. We long to be a part of something greater than ourselves. Matter of fact, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 where it says that God has set eternity in the hearts of man. That God made you and I for something bigger than just ourselves. And until we come home to that, until we come home to the story that God is writing of grace and redemption in our hearts and our lives, we'll just be lost. You'll go through life and you might accomplish some awards or you might make some money, all this other stuff, but your heart will never be at home. And matter of fact, the reason why we're doing this series called Road Trip this summer is because you and I, we go on journeys during the summer. As a matter of fact, I've been getting some pictures from friends uh, as their journey has been going on. One of my buddies went up to Alaska uh, this last week and he sent me this picture of up in the Denali. Yeah, I'm having a troubled time praying for him this week. And... Uh, but I'm looking at that, I'm like, man, you know, I've never been to Alaska, I've never been up to the Denali, I didn't even know that's where we get the car's name from, but I get it now, you know, and I'm going, wow, what an adventure to go climb some snow-covered mountains. And for some of you in this room, nature and that adventure, hiking the Camino in Spain or all these other stuff, just this idea, it stirs your heart into this adventure into something great, into this calling that you and I love to step into. I had a buddy send me a picture yesterday, which, uh, you know, I'd be losing my mind if I was his son. Uh, but yesterday, Silver Creek and New Albany, a couple other schools, they had their team camp up at IU. And uh, for one of the games, they got to play on the floor of Assembly Hall. And uh, the guy in the white shirt there is Archie Miller. And I'm going, I don't even know if I would have come out of the locker room, man, if I know the head coach of IU is going to watch me play. I mean, I airball regularly. But now, you know, in front of the coach, man, I'm like, just pass, right? Just pass. But I'm going, what a moment for some high school players to get a play, whether you're an IU fan or not, maybe UK, but you're going to whatever arena you long for to get a play on that floor in front of that coach. You're going, what an opportunity. Opportunity. What a journey. And our hearts, they long for this calling. They long for an adventure, to be a part of something great. Matter of fact, uh, last night during the Saturday night service, you know, we were talking with our neighbors around us, and I, and I talked to the people next to me, and I said, hey, you guys go on a road trip this summer? And they go, yeah, you know, we, we're down to two different locations. I go, what are you guys thinking about? They go, well, we're either going to Florida or Montana. I'm like, Okay, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking like Florida or Georgia or so, you know, something, Florida or Montana. And I go, well, that's cool. And I think those will be good trips. And I said, when you guys go in July, they go Monday. And I'm like, <laughs> Monday. I just, I told him, I was like, are you just going to be like, if you pull out of the driveway and go left, Montana, you know, and right, we're going to Florida. And they go, we don't know. We'll just see. And there's something kind of cool, like some of you are already like freaking out, sweating. You're like, well, you don't know, you know, do you need sweatshirts or shorts? You know, you're already freaking out for them. But there's part of us in us that we go, man, what a cool idea. Hey, we're just going to pull out of the driveway. We might go to Montana. We might go to Florida. 
And this whole thing for us, we long for that. And that's why we're looking at the book of Exodus. And, and, and if you've never read the Bible before, I just want to let you know, this whole Bible, the whole story, the whole narrative is this incredible adventure of God creating humanity, creating you and I in a perfect place, and then sin enters in and it disrupts everything. And the whole story of the Bible is God redeeming and going on this road trip of one coming in and entering into all of the brokenness of the world, finally sending Jesus into the world to redeem us and to redeem all of humanity. And he's saying, I have the adventure and the road trip of a lifetime for you to go on. On, but you've got to step into my story and you've got to step out of your story. And I want you to step into what I have for you. Matter of fact, that's why we're starting in the book of Exodus because the book of Exodus really means that, to exit out of the current story and to step into the story of God. Last week, we looked at Exodus chapter 1 and 2, and I love that the God, he, his story is so different than us, because when we think about, you know, packing for Florida and Montana, you better pack your bags. And what we found in this is in the story of Exodus, Moses ends up being called out, and he ends up killing a guy out of really injustice, and he doesn't, he's guilty now, and so he runs away. See, oftentimes when we think about Moses, we think about, oh, he's the guy who parted the Red Sea, you know, and he's the guy of the Ten Commandments, and he's this hero. It's like, no, Moses, you killed a guy. You know, you better lay low for a little bit. He has a story, he has a past, and he's running from his past. And yet God pursues him even though he's running. I think that might be why we love singing that song, Reckless Love, here, isn't it? Because there's nothing that God won't come over or won't come after us for. No matter what you might feel like today, you might be in a desert moment today like Moses was, and yet God is coming after you going, I have the road trip, I have a home for you, I have a journey for you to come onto, but you gotta leave where you are and you gotta step into my story. You gotta come after me and what he said is this, Moses, you gotta unpack your bags. They said this, I've, I love this quote, it'll stick with me forever now as a pastor. It says this, you can only grow as spiritually mature as you are emotionally mature. Meaning this, some of you, you're here today and you're stuck spiritually and you're trying to figure stuff out and you're here, you're going, I'm going to give church one more try and if God doesn't do anything and a picnic on the patio, if that hot dog doesn't move in my spirit today after the service, you know, I'm going to give up on this whole thing of God and you're trying to get your act together and you're trying to make changes in your life and I just got to let you know, you will forever stay spiritually stuck until you start unpacking the bags of your emotional immaturity until you start letting God into your story and start letting God deal with the things. Now, here's the thing. None of us like to do that, right? Because when we unpack our bags, what happens? It's a mess, isn't it? Some of you are living out of your suitcase still. You're done with your vacation, but you're still living out of your suitcase in your house because you just don't want to unpack your bags, right? No show of hands, but that's me. I come back. I'm like, man, I got so much laundry. I want to do that. It's just messy. And God goes this. Listen, you can't move forward until you start unpacking your Bags. This is where we find Moses in, in Exodus chapter 3. Is he has killed a guy, he's ran away, and here comes God. 
God is coming after him. He's going, I have a road trip for you. I want you to come home, Moses. I want your heart to be set free. That's what God wants for you today. This is what he wants for me. And listen what he comes to Moses with in, in Exodus chapter 3. This will be 10 verses that we're going to look at because God has a bigger play. He has a bigger road for Moses to travel than he has for himself. And listen what he says in Exodus chapter 3 verse 1. It said, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'm going to go over and see this strange sight and why the bush does not burn up. Up. I can only imagine Moses in this, you know, he's already running, he's in the desert by himself watching sheep, and then he looks over and he sees this bush on fire, but it's not burning up, and he's probably going, maybe I haven't drank enough water today, right? You know, I'm starting to see some things. This bush is on fire, but it's not burning up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go check it out. I've got nothing else going on. And he walks over to this bush, and it says, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses. Moses, Moses said, here I am. I can only imagine like, I came to check out this burning bush and now it's talking, right? I'm taking crazy pills, you know, like what's going on? Here I am. Don't come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. Pharaoh is oppressing all of God's people, the Israelites. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, and what other ites you want to add to this list. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. And I can only imagine in this moment, Moses is going, yeah, God, go rescue them. Go lead them out of this. Man, what an incredible journey. What an incredible road trip. Go get them, God. Yes. And then he finishes it with this in verse 10. So now go. Oh, uh, what? I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. It's one thing to sing reckless love about the love of God coming after us. It's another thing for us to go and take this reckless love to the world, isn't it? This is where Moses is at. God comes to him and he says, I'm glad that you're unpacking your bag. See, God takes us on a journey. He takes us on a road trip that we, we don't take, that we don't plan. Because first for us, we pack all of our bags. God says, I want you to unpack your bags. And now that you've unpacked your bags in the messiness of your life, he says this, Moses, I want you to hit the road. 
I want you to go back because this is what we need to know. Two words that you'll see over and over again about the scriptures. If you want to understand what it means to be a Christian, it simply means this, that God is rescuing this world and he is sending you to do it. You might want to just write that down. God is rescuing and he is sending. We love that rescue part, don't we? God, bail me out. God, if you get me out of this situation, I'll do anything. Great, go to Moses, except, or go to Egypt. Accept that, Lord, right? That's what we do. We kind of make these deals with God. If you'll get me out, and God goes, I would be more than happy to rescue you. But to be a follower of me, to be a follower of Jesus, isn't just about taking the rescue of God. It's about you and I now following God with our whole life and going wherever he's called us to go. This is what God is doing. He's saying, I am calling you to myself. I am rescuing them, but I am sending you. Now, just think about this for a moment, because this is where the Bible helps us in our weakness. God sees Moses. He's a washed up old man who's just watching sheep, hiding himself from people because he's full of shame. And God sees him, and he sees you and I, and he says this. You're my guy. You're, you're the lady that I want to use to help change this world. I'm sending you. Let's be honest for a moment. What's our first response when God prompts our hearts to do something? New number, who dis, right? You know, we're like, we're like uh, no, God, I, I, I don't know who you are. I mean, I go to church, but, you know, I, I, you're not calling me to do this. The first thing when God, and I'll be honest, man, the first thing when God begins to prompt my heart, you know what I do? I, I just bring excuses. God, I got three kids, right? I need you to rescue me, right? How can I go and send to go help anybody? I got three kids, God, I can't do that. I mean, I'm a pastor. I got these things. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Nate, are you done with your excuses? Matter of fact, first thing, verse 11, this is what Moses says. As soon as God says, I'm going to go rescue and I'm sending you, it said, but Moses said to God, who am I? Anybody ever use your excuse of your ability? I mean, I've been only going to church for like two months, God. You know, who, who am I? I didn't go to Bible college. I'm not a pastor. You know, my parents, I'm the first Christian in my family. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt, isn't it fascinating that the first thing Moses and the first thing you and I think about when God calls us to be a part of his journey in his road trip is all we can think about is our ability, not God's ability. See, this is why God showed up in a burning bush, because what he was trying to remind Moses in this moment was this. It's not about your ability. It's about my ability. It's, I, Moses, I can do things that you cannot do this is why God responds to him in verse 12. He says, Moses, don't worry, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Did you know that when Jesus in Matthew 28 gave his great commission to the Christians, the first followers of him, he said, go and make disciples of all nations. He says, I have rescued you now. I am sending you. He goes, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And then he says this, and surely I will what? Anybody remember? I will be with you. Jesus isn't asking you and I just to be a great follower of him on our ability. Jesus is saying, will you just live life with me? Will you go on a road trip with me? Will you begin to step into what I have for you? But, but who am 
I. He goes on in verse 13, and then Moses said, he uses another excuse. Moses said to God, well, suppose I go to the Israelites and I say to them, the God of your fathers have sent me, and they asked me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? Anybody never share Christ because you're, you're afraid you don't have all the answers? And you're like, well, if I try to share Christ or if I invite them to church and they ask me a tough question and I don't have the answers, I'll embarrass God and I don't want to embarrass God, so I'm just not going to invite them to church because <laughs> I wouldn't want to embarrass God. Okay, just me? All right, never mind, right? You know, you're like, who does that? Well, I've done that. Oh, God, I want to invite them, but I know they're smarter than me and they're going to ask these questions, you know, about physics and all this other stuff. And I didn't even take physics, right? And so, God, you know, how can I answer their questions? And ah, I'll just say, hey, how are you? Right? And I don't, even, I don't even step into what God has. So what Moses is doing here is his excuses. God, I don't have all the answers. God goes, good news, I do. Verse 14, God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. I, I am what? I am. I'm your rescuer. I'm your God. I'm your provision. I'm your father. I'm your creator. I'm your sustainer. I'm your presence. I'm your power. I'm your community. I'm all that you need. That's what you tell them, Moses. See, going on this road trip with God, it's challenging, isn't it? Matter of fact, any road trip that you and I go on, nothing really changes unless we step into the challenges that we face. God is saying, Moses, I'm calling you into this life, and he has one last excuse in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. Listen to what he says. Moses hits God with his last excuse, and he says, well, what if they don't believe me and or listen to me and say that the Lord did not appear to you. Third thing that Moses uses as an excuse, he used his ability, he used that I don't have the answers, and his last excuse was this, what if they don't accept me? Isn't it funny, 5,000 years later, we're using the same excuses, aren't we? I don't have the ability, I don't, I don't have the answers, and let's be honest, God, what if people don't accept me for being a Christian in this world? Well, what do I do then? See, this is why we've got to understand, again, God is about rescue and about sending us. This is the story. This is the journey, because listen what he says to him. I love what God says in verse 2, chapter 4. said, then the Lord said to him, what is that? in your hand. Isn't it awesome how God asks us questions that don't make sense a lot of the time? God's like, what's that in your hand? And we're like, huh? And this is what he's doing. He's going, Moses, what's that in your hand? Well, a, a staff. He's a shepherd. It's a staff, Lord. Hello. And the Lord said, well, then throw it on the ground. This is why we got to pay attention when we're on a journey with God. He's going to ask you to do things that it might not make sense to you, but we have to step in because once we step in to his calling is when we see the power of God at work in our life. He says this, throw it on the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Now Moses is a shepherd and he's not going to run from a garden snake. So this thing must have turned into like a boa constrictor or something, right? Or like a, a cobra. He throws his staff on the ground. It turns into a snake. He takes off. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. 
Now, for any of you growing up in the country, I was more of a city slicker. Is that how you pick up a snake? No, right? Because if you pick up a snake by the tail, what happens? He's going to bite you. God's doing something very intentional. He wants us to be bitten by the snake. No, I'm not. I'm joking, right? He's like, I'm going to teach you, Moses. No. There's a reason why, and we're going to explain that here in a second. We've got to pay attention. He says, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and he took it, took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Now, why would God ask Moses to throw down his staff? Someone asked me, they're like, hey, you're going to walk out there with a staff on stage? I'm like, yes, and a big beard. No, no, I'm not coming out. Why? Why the staff? Why would God have Moses throw down the staff? Three things real quick, if you want to write this down. Three things were associated with this staff. One, it was Moses' identity. He's a shepherd. It's who he is. He's a shepherd. Not only that, this was his influence. He kept out the bad things, the wolves and all this other stuff with this staff. He kept the sheep close by. It was his way of influence. And the last thing is this, it was his income. It's how he made money, being a shepherd. You know what is our staff today? This. Boy, it's our identity, isn't it? It's our influence. You want to influence people? Tweet stuff, Instagram stories, do all this other stuff. I'm not saying phone and social media is all pure evil, but if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we will run and hide in this thing and never join the journey that God has for us. And what does God ask Moses to do with the staff? Throw it down. Throw it down. See, here's what happens when you and I, when we begin to place our faith in Christ, when we begin to say, greater than any identity that I place myself in, greater than any influence that I have on this world, greater than any income I could possess, what Jesus is saying to us today is saying this, when we become followers of him, we're going, no, Jesus, I'm laying this down so that I can pick up the life that you have for me. This is what faith is. Faith is simply this. We have to let go so that we can take hold of the things that God has for us. See, it's not just about us letting things go. It is about us taking hold of what God has for us. This is why he told Moses, now pick up the tail, the snake by the tail. Matter of fact, this is why he was saying this. There's a picture of the headgear that all of the pharaohs and the Egyptians would wear. Take a look at this. What's at the top of the head? A snake. And what God was telling Moses is this, you are going to go into Egypt. I am sending you on the road trip of a lifetime, and I am going to take Egypt by the tail. Pick it up by the tail. Oh, I know you're afraid. Oh, I know you have your excuses. I want you to put your staff down so you can pick up my calling that I have on your life. Matter of fact, this is what Jesus says to his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, verse 39. He says, whoever finds his life, 
we'll lose it. When we go out there and we try to create ourselves, when we try to make ourselves, he goes, it will never last. He goes, so whoever finds his life will lose it. But then he says this, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Jesus says, when you lay your life down in me, you will begin to find your life. But that's a journey that's tough, isn't it? Because boy, what if God doesn't come through? And man, it's a whole lot easier to trust in our bank account than it is to trust in Jesus. That's why next weekend we're doing our big baptism weekend. Because what you're going to find is this, Moses, as imperfect as he is, he's going to follow God. He's scared to death. He uses more excuses. He goes, me not talk real good, Lord. You know, and he's, he's, like, he's saying all these things of why he can't talk and why I can't do this. And God is going, are you going to trust in your ability or are you going to trust in my ability? See, God doesn't just do incredible things and then we step into it. God says, you have to step into what I have for you to see me do incredible things. That's what faith is. That's why people call it a crossroads. Because you and I have to come to that moment and on baptism weekend, we're coming to this place where we are laying our lives down and stepping into what God has for us. It's incredible. Uh, last night, uh, after the Saturday night service, my buddy Dave Thompson, he sits down with me down uh, over here. And uh, he's only been coming to church here since August. And this is what I love about Dave's story. He was supposed to go to another church, except he missed the exit. And uh, seriously, this is his story, man. He was, he was on his way to another church. God had been prompting him. God had been changing some things in his life. He goes, man, I got to get right with the Lord. I got I to begin a new way of living. I got to change my life. And he goes, I got to get to church. He's on his way to church, misses the exit. And he goes, I guess I'll just go to Northside then. And I'm like, that's all right, man. That's cool for second best. I'm all right with it. Comes in to church here in August. Never been to church before in his life. His life. His life. Happened to be, if anybody remembers, Bob Goff weekend. <laughs> Welcome to church, right? You know, with that crazy man. He left service and he goes, I kind of like this. Comes back the next week, struck up a friendship. He goes to the journey class. I mean, not only is it his first, he doesn't know, he didn't even know what the Bible's about. He didn't even know what Jesus is about. He's going this road trip. I don't even know there's a road. I don't even, I don't know all these things goes to the journey, begins to find out about Jesus, begins to start serving here. Last night after the service, he goes, Nate, I know I've been talking to you about baptism. He goes, it's time, man. I said, I know, baptism weekend, next weekend. He goes, how about now? I said, let's do it, man. Got a picture from last night of us getting, uh, after he got out of baptism. It's such an incredible moment. so cool man just through tears we're sitting there talking he's going I've never experienced a family like this before I didn't know God could do something like this and what he was saying is this I'm letting go of my past so I can take hold of my future so I can take hold of this grace so I can take hold of this mercy so I can begin not just to try to find my life only to lose it, so, but I want to lose my life so I can find it. That's why our mission is so clear and it is so we can't miss it that we are here to connect unconnected people to Jesus Christ because God has come and he has rescued us and he has sent us. I know you and I have all of our excuses, but God is saying, will you trust more in my ability than your ability? 
Will you step into my story more than being living life by your story? Because here's the great news about Jesus. We hear about this letting go and you're going, Nate, you know, we have a hard time just even putting our phone down. This isn't an anti-phone sermon. I did hear someone say this. I thought this was fascinating. He said 50 years ago, the biggest problem in the church was legalism. And a guy said this, the biggest problem with the church today is distraction. That as Christians, we live such a distracted life that we miss the rescuing that God wants to do in and through us in this world. We're just distracted. We're distracted. And we miss it. And the good thing about this isn't that just you and I have to get up the courage to put our lives and our identities down into Jesus. But here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. Jesus was the one who let go first. See, Jesus never calls you and I to do something that he hasn't done himself. That's the good news about Jesus. He's not asking you and I to perform for him. Hopefully we do a good enough job and he goes, "Mm, 9.3, you're still into heaven. Come on in. Come on in. I mean, you're not perfect. Mm -mm. You know, you got some rough edges and we'll take care of that in heaven. No, 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 no. Now, Jesus created all of this world, created everything, and yet it was Jesus who let go of everything to come into this world. He was fully God, and yet he became fully man. See, he was the one who let this go. Listen to what it says in John chapter 10, verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd, and the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. See, the good news about Jesus is saying this, I have laid my life down. So as you and I go to lay our lives down, as we go to lay down our identity and our influence and our income to say, God, my life is to be about you more than about me. God, I'm to go on this journey with you. Jesus says, I did it first. Moses was a shepherd, and God says, I want you to lead my people out of Egypt, out of slavery. And God says, no, now Jesus is our good shepherd who is leading not just Israel, but all of the world out of Egypt, with Egypt represents sin and our slavery to sin. And God is saying, I have sent this shepherd to lead us out. And not only that, Moses lays down his staff, Jesus lays down his life. And he takes death by the tail. Nobody could conquer death. And Jesus steps in and he lays his life down and he takes death by the tail and he says death will not be the end anymore. We will not have to fear that. Even though you and I, well, everyone will have to face it at one point. He says because of the resurrection, because he went to the cross and he defeated sin and death, we now have a new hope and a new way to live. This is our good shepherd. This is the one who has come to rescue us. And he doesn't just come and rescue us. He sends us back into the world. My question for us today is simply this. In light that Jesus has come to rescue, and in light that Jesus has come to send us into the world, the question you and I need to spend some time today answering is this. What do we need to let go of? What do we need to let go of so that we can take hold of the life and the grace and the mercy that's Jesus? So what happened last night for Dave when he got baptized. 
just talking a little bit more with him. He said this, man, I've just, there's just been a bunch of stuff in my life and different things going on. And he said, I just thought I had to deal with it my whole life. And I didn't know that I could actually give my past to God. And he could set me free. What do you and I need to let go of today? Oh, we got our excuses just like Moses. Maybe, matter of fact, you may have more. Moses, when he laid his staff down, what he was having to do was this. He was having to lay his past down. He was having to lay his excuses down. And when he laid those down, you saw the power of God begin to work in him in a way that he could not work in himself. God has a road trip for you and I. He's calling you in to his story. What do we need to put down so we can take hold of the life that he has for us? Let's pray together. Father, I don't want to just ask a question and then we start eating lunch and just kind of go on. Jesus, we need to sit here in this moment and talk with you. I can't imagine what that moment was like in the desert for Moses. Years and years and years defined by his shame. Defined by his regret. Trying to make a new life. Trying to create a new family. And yet, God, there you are. Showing up in the broken places. Rescuing and calling him to yourself. Jesus, there's a lot of stories going on in this room right now. God, we bring all of our excuses into this room. And yet, God, for every excuse that we have, you give us yourself. And so, Jesus, today I pray that just like Dave went on a 10-month journey of discovering who you are, asking questions, and finally laying his life down to you, that Jesus, today, we would go on a journey with you. Thank you for coming to rescue us. Thank you for sending us into your world that you love even more than we love. So today, may we have eyes to see like you see. May we have your mind to think the things of you. And we, may we have your heart to love like you love. Jesus, we can't do this without you, so we won't even try. But we thank you for your grace and your mercy. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Let's walk with him this week, everybody. God bless you.